0: Samba.
1: It, you can't really do it like with one dynamic yeah something
0: like that that
1: was for you Tim I know you listen you son of a bitch, of a bitch. beautiful bastard
0: Let's, let's do a little bit of that. You know, I've been looking at the uh, analytics, and there are people out here that do listen to us. So, yeah, hello. For sure. Welcome. Thanks for hello,
1: listening. Hello, phantom listeners. You probably only listen to Welcome to, about to a, our nightmare. Two
0: minutes of it, and then you turn it off. But that's cool.
1: Like, oh, uh, maybe it'll be interesting this time.
0: Nope. Nope. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> well, you know, we're not here to- We're here to eat pie. Do
1: our best. You fucks
0: goddamn mother fucking so apparently today, first, yeah, let's talk about number one number one number how one.
1: how are you I'm actually good, I feel very, very good uh diet is working really, really well, and I'm kind of like I feel like back to optimal nice so so it's uh it's good nice
0: uh I went to the gym today, right? Yeah, and I went a little bit later, but apparently, I went there and a bunch of people showed up that I I didn't know, mm-hmm. kind of for one of the other. Like you co- didn't know them
1: at all; they no, were strangers. Strangers. Oh, weird. Uh,
0: but they were there with one of the other coaches. That. Uh, so
1: it wasn't just a mob of strangers right, like was, in the gym, like <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, it was. They were there with Coach Denver. His, his name's Denver, and uh, they were doing their thing, and they were doing a bunch of crazy shit that looked like. Things I'd never want to do but looked very good for, like, fighter, like, stuff. But I was like, I don't want to do that. That looks like shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did what I was doing. And then after, like, we kind of stopped, the open gym began. A bunch of the people I know showed up. And then we're sitting there and someone points to one of these strangers I don't know. And they go, hey, they're in the UFC. And I go, Oh, crazy. I go, what? And they're like, yeah, she's in the UFC. And I was like, what? Like, the real UFC? And they're like, yeah, like the, the real actual UFC. UFC. She is in the UFC, and I looked over and I was like, huh, I have no idea who that is, no clue. And then they're like, that guy right there, and it was this is the UFC, he, like he was gonna be in the UFC, okay. but he uh, was cut from the program right before the season kind of started uh, for one of Conor McGregor's guys.
1: Oh. And
0: apparently, there was like two or three dudes here from Utah that got cut from the program, so they could have Conor McGregor's dudes in the program. Now,
1: oh, so he got his dudes got precedent,
0: right? Because it's who you know. But that's neither here nor there. It's
1: always that's that's nothing. What's new?
0: Right. But it was just it's just one of those weird things when you are at a martial arts gym, you really never know who is in there. We're like with
1: you. I feel like especially like if you're training in the holy trinity of MMA sports like Muay Thai, BJJ or boxing, Mm. who knows who's going to show up because those people can, you know, the MMA people can come in and train. And if wherever they're traveling, I hear this about BJJ all the time, like they're they always want to find some gym to train at. They're they're in town for the weekend. They're like, I need a gym like. Maynard does that everywhere Dude. he goes he finds a BJJ gym. <laughs> I was literally going to say
0: that one of the tours, uh, was during lateralis, I believe. No, mm-hmm. 10,000 days. Uh, when he came through, he hit up the guy that used to be his name's Gustavo. He used mm-hmm. to be our Brazilian Jitsu guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, that's who Maynard trained with when he was here yeah. for that, yeah. that tour. And, uh, <laughs> He was like, cause that guy's a drummer as well. So he got to okay. like, he got tickets. Oh, he nice. got to like go see the show. He obviously it's rolled with off. Maynard and yeah, uh, cool.
1: he,
0: uh, he didn't even really know who tool was before.
1: Oh really? Before That was he like that. his kind of introduction. Right. Like it went from a name to like an experience. Exactly. Nice. That's uh back then. I mean, BJJ is like huge now, but mm. back then it wasn't, still wasn't that big either. Right. So it's like there wasn't that many places to train. So I've heard. So, oh yeah, well, it's, good for him. That's a awesome. That's that's super cool. Yeah, just a
0: crazy little moment. Just crazy some dude experience. Yeah. Shows up and then is like, oh, I'm in a rock band. You should come check us out. Oh, he's in Tool. Holy shit!
1: If you don't know who Maynard is, he seems pretty unassuming. Mm-hmm. Like he's short. He's got like kind of glasses, like me, shaved head, just kind of. Oh, he's that's short too. And you're like, oh, he's like a rock star. Mm-hmm like winemaker dude you know
0: so, so yeah that was a super weird moment to like just be mm-hmm. there for that kind of thing okay. um then everyone was getting pictures with her and i was like this is weird
1: i'm gonna leave do you know what her name was i, I didn't
0: remember. even ask
1: oh you should have asked
0: because i was like eh, I,
1: don't
0: know. I can ask denver later honestly
1: well uh, just be in i want to look it up now and be like okay how because you're in the ufc yeah. but then how popular are you like where are you on the wrong, you know?
0: Right. I'll, I'll ask, because uh, Vinny was there with me. He's mm-hmm. Vinny is somebody that I spar with all the time. Nice. Uh, and he knew who it was. Okay. And I'll just ask him, so I'll tell you guys in just a bit. Quite cool. But other than that, let's journal a little, yeah?
1: Sure, let's do it. So, had a game last night.
0: Had a game last night.
1: Super fun. I feel like things are really like clicking at this point like we're in a good stride.
0: Nice. I I've yeah. been starting to feel that as well. People are starting yeah. to feel the mechanics a little bit, feel that you can just start like I just want to try and do this. Like tell yeah. me what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Um but Yeah, we had some some fun stuff happen. Uh I as the GM had a moment of just like banging my head against the wall for a minute. Yeah. But I mean that's that happens like all the time when you're a GM. It was just like Absolutely. slam. Slam. Yeah. Slam. Yeah. Cuz I was like I really wanted you guys to leave that area that you were in and where
1: we have been camping out.
0: Yeah, I was like let's mm-hmm. let's go you guys. Let's move on. Like fuck. And it just kept like let's get in. and then we're going and I'm like fuck. Oh.
1: Okay. Ian's a sheepdog, I think, in his formal, former life where he's Probably. like, I have to, like, nip. I have to get them to move.
0: Yeah, you guys need to fucking move. The herd isn't moving. Oh. Um, but it was, it seemed like a lot of the players had some good moments. Uh, mm-hmm. I was messaged by Marshall. Uh, he was like, it was a crazy game tonight, dude. I fucking had a blast. I was like, nice. Nice. Uh but yeah, I feel like there was some, we, the, the, the villain coming back to collect the body was something I had been thinking about for a, a few sessions. Because I was like, I feel like that is something that, that is important to this situation is to allow that. Right. Uh, or to see if the players are, see where they're at, like with what they're able to like respect the villains and will, yeah. The, like, yeah. So I liked that little interaction. I loved how like the players were like, well, I mean, I don't have a problem with it if they're going to respect their side of the situation.
1: Right. Or do we, is it going to be quid pro quo? Right. Are we going to be able to collect our dead? Yeah, I thought that was really cool because it made the villains feel a little more ambiguous, not just like this evil monolith that mm. shows up and tries to murder us. Yeah. And also like... Oh, they have they have a they have a code of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like they're not just like evil, chaotic evil right. to use D anD D parlance. Exactly, so that was cool. Yeah, it, it added to the verisimilitude. Nice. Level.
0: I I was hoping yeah. for that. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear that that landed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the the star set thing. Um, I've been sitting on that for a while because she obviously could have gotten out whenever she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: But. I have a comment about that. Not about the Star Set thing itself, but the players, some of the players' reaction to it. Oh, let's uh, hear I just, again, metagaming, man. Mm. So uh, one of our characters, uh, they, or one of our players made a new character named Vilas, mm. or I like to call him Wheelus, like pretending he has a Latin name. Um, he takes a character aside nobody listens to that so everybody thinks they're part of the conversation it's like no they're off on the side and then one of the players is like well i wander over there because that's what my character does it's like what no no it's not but it's not my place to to argue that point you know but i was like dude so metagamey right i was I, like i wanted to bang my head against the wall for that but the star set thing i thought was cool
0: Nice. I'm glad that I I'm glad that landed because it it, the whole idea of it, I felt was. uh, I've been like, I wanted to have that happen, like right when she got trapped, but I was like. Too much
1: stuff going on. Right.
0: Calm down. Wait for a better moment. Yeah. Because, again, it's another character that's potentially a villain. That is like there like hanging out now so the party's kind of like
1: uh... i hope it murders one of us you hope it murders one of you huh yeah because it's like we took them in you know family right. blah 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 and like one of our characters is like were they nice to you it's like what does it matter i won't... i feel this way my character feels this way it's like what does it matter if people are nice to you if they're not reliable right Like, obviously, these villains have been reliable for her, which is why she owes them her loyalty. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want I would love for that to be a turn. Obviously, no idea what's going to happen. But I'm like, I'd love just to wake up and like somebody prominent is dead. Oh, fuck. And she's gone. We don't know what happened. She's 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 gone. Um, All the miners, all the gnomes, they're all murdered. Their throats uh, were slit.
0: Brutal. Uh, no, I do have. There's some stuff in the wings that uh, is going on actively, mm-hmm. um, so we'll see. We'll see. I time will tell. I don't want to. I you know me. I'd love to sit here and like wax about that. And, no, don't. Right, but keep for do, because you're here, I'm like no. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. letting you. Not letting you do that. I know you yeah. don't want to either.
1: Uh, no, I just. I I'm just saying my aspirations
0: yeah and i believe me we are on the same idea but a different Mm -hmm. page yeah yeah um but we uh we didn't play this last week uh but we did play blades if you want to like talk about some blades
1: well i've also been doing planning oh yeah yeah, like what do you tell me what's up so blades the big revelation for blades is i planned on a different day And I can't tell you how much more relaxed I was GME. Mm. Like it was a huge difference in like just running the game and being comfortable and just being able to chill and do normal stuff the day of and then review my notes and be like, okay, good to go. Nice. So that was like have to do that as much as possible. Life is crazy right now. So Gatewalkers, we'll see. Because I've been planning for Gatewalkers and I have this world Bible template so it's mm. for, like, writing books and any fictional world you're creating. And it goes down pretty deep. Mm. And it's basically a series of nested databases, if you know anything about Notion. And sometimes it'll go, like, four levels deep. So it's, like, weather, geography, politics, crime, mm. uh, materials of clothing. Like, you can get really granular. And I created, so, for. Gatewalkers. I have to have a database for Galarian, and I have to have one for Faerun, and some of the databases, like the nested databases, have to sync. Mm. But then I'm kind of, it's a second draft, so I'm reworking the first draft so that everything is uniform so, like, I can, like, pull it out when I want to start writing, mm. like, a story, and I can use it for that. It's just been a ton of work. It's still ongoing, like I'm not done, but I want to have enough ready to go for, because I've been also uh, building out certain parts of the database for Galarion. So like the river kingdoms and the broken lands and the locations that you guys have visited and might visit and the surrounding kingdoms around the river lands. So Kionin and I think the Brightlands is another one. Mm. So it's been a ton of work and also learning more about the lore of Galarion and some of those first edition splat books. So there's one just on the river kingdoms. Very informative. There's a lot more info information. Like there's not really the world guide for second edition is great for an overview, Mm -hmm. but like if you want to know about seven arches, you get like three paragraphs. Yeah. If you want to know about seven arches and you open the river kingdoms, like one ebook, you get like three pages. Oh shit. And you get, like, there's a whole section on the Wildwood where you guys are right now. And there's a section on the seven arches. And there's details in there that they don't talk about. So it's really nice to have, like, kind of all that detail because that adds context for me as a GM. As you guys, you know, do unpredictable things. It allows me to know what's going on in this area and how it works and what's been going on in the history Mm -hmm. of the the area. Nice that's been uh really fun it's a lot of work but i really like the world building world bible stuff and i know notion really well now
0: nice yeah that's you seem to have gotten real fucking good at it
1: i use it all the time i use it for all my teaching i use it to like I built out my schedule in there. Like, I use it for everything after reading, uh, building a second brain. Oh, that's nice. like That's my, se- like, Notion is my second brain. I'd like to use Obsidian, but Notion does pretty much the same thing, but it's more visual. Oh, You don't okay. have to know as much uh, markdown language where Obsidian's absolutely required, and it's hard. It's not visual. It's all, it's more programmer mm-hmm. But Nice. Uh, Obsidian is super cool, too. But, yeah, it's really, like, anybody, if you're... If you're wanting to GM or even take notes for uh, games, Notion is great. It's free. It's really fast, especially if you get a little bit of the markdown. So, for instance, if I want to make a bulleted list, I can press uh, Command N, make a new page. I can send it wherever I want. Uh, press, like, Shift or Dash Space, and that I can start a bulleted list that mm. quick, like 10 seconds. I can also, like, I've been copying and pasting text from, let's say, the River Kingdoms. So there's a bit of text. I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'll put that in uh, this area for seven arches. Um, and then I can backlink, like, the oak stewards. Oh, right, So, right. like, I can make that linked to a different page. And if there's not a page, I can create a page and send it to another place in the database or somewhere else. So I could send it to the Faroon database, for instance, if I wanted to. Nice. So it's immensely helpful for, like, you know, I can have my notes where if there's a certain monster that you guys might fight, I already have it in the database, and I can just backlink to it, open it as a different tab, and have it open, and I'll have, like, the stat block in there. and So it makes everything very quick and streamlined. It's just a lot of front-loaded work, basically. So really, really good. That's awesome. highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty proud of the World Bible. I have to show you the the template so you can see my share my insanity. Hell so it's yeah. been a lot of planning and again I just find that I really love uh deep planning. Like even if it's another world, understanding the context of what's going on in the surrounding area, what's the tension with Keonan? Oh, well you read the River Kingdoms, you find out Every 10 years or so, a big incursion of elves comes into the Wildwood and tries to take over Seven Arches, and then that alerts the Gorgas, and they come out of the arches and attack. And oh. then the Abnubliate curse like hits all the elves, and they start to die. And then the Oak Stewards won't let the elves leave because it's highly contagious. So they start to wither up and—I do. don't want to spoil it, but— they, That's yeah. crazy. So there's all this cool context for what happens, which allows me to— GM the world better, Mm. even if you never encounter that aspect of it.
0: Right. That's cool.
1: So I really, really like that part of it. It's not really necessary. You can run it. You could just read the adventure path and run it just fine. Mm. It it runs itself, like I've said. But I like all the extra extra stuff, especially with... If you had to do it by hand, that's a nightmare. But the digital note-taking stuff really helps. Nice. For sure. So lots of planning, kind of just again realizing like oh yeah planning on a different day it's a pain in the ass but if you make it a habit it makes the day of so much less stressful so you know like uh lazy gm talks about a lot of the planning is to give yourself confidence and so you're relaxed when you plan i feel like that's a big thing is plan on a different day which i've been trying to do for three years now
0: nice uh to go back to something we were wondering earlier uh uh-huh. her name was Cynthia Calvillo uh Calvillo C A L V I L L O C with the Cynthia C with the Cynthia as well
1: well her name comes starts auto generating oh yeah look at that
0: That's her. She was at the gym.
1: Yeah, she definitely pictures of her, like, in the ring and doing, like, the UFC weigh-ins and shit. Yep. Wow, crazy. Yeah,
0: crazy. So super weird, but didn't know, so that's cool. Um, Yeah. While you were talking, it reminded me I wanted to get your perspective in that moment real quick Mm -hmm. when uh, I reached into Yoba's backstory and forced you to describe something you weren't anticipating
1: oh I thought it was cool that stuff never stresses me out right like I like improvising like that
0: so that's what Um, I want to mean it's like how did that like was that like oh like what was the moment it was
1: it was unexpected and it was a cool moment like character growth moment where like because she's intentionally been really cut off since her character kind of was like Gandalfed, let's say, mm. right. We'll use it as a verb where she kind of died to her old self and became this new self. Looks sure. different, different vibe, different attitude. She's still a Yoba. She still retains the memories, but it's very distant. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of bring like kind of bringing down some of that barrier and mm. reconnecting with it. And now she has this quest to like see if any of her uh, ancestry is even alive. Sure. Because as this, and I was going to ask, but I'm like, I bet Ian's just going to make me wait. What the creature's name is that I encountered? Oh. Yoba wants to ask that, but I'll wait. I don't want to sure. know outside a session. for sure, sure. the Next session. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was really cool. Nice. Like that was interesting, and and I I uh, I enjoyed it.
0: Nice, because the there's there was something that tied you to that specific thing that yeah. happened way or like a while ago right but it didn't like really phase you so i don't even know if you've ever thought of it since then
1: you're talking about when like i saw another version of myself Yes. yeah yeah yeah. i remember that and i'm like i know that's a hook but just the way i'm playing the character she just doesn't care like there's no she's almost like a sociopath like not in like not a psychopath but like her emotions she's not really in touch with them somehow the the uh the changeover was too traumatic, maybe. Sure. You know. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Also, I forgot that I had the book of, like, the Black Pyramid. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's another thing I want to do is because my notes are super disorganized for the Friday game is I can use the World Bible to organize, like, oh, here's all the NPCs we've met. And here's, like, here's all the things, the items that Eoba has in a way that's easily accessible for me, too. So I can use it as a player as well. But yeah, it was super cool. Nice. I liked it. I'm glad I did like very nice, Did enjoy. because I
0: was like, that seems <sighs> because in discord, people are like, it's his What's mom. This? And I'm like, like,
1: no, it's not. It's not I'm not even f- going to comment. I'm like, you think what you want. You yeah.
0: I, the fact that you even think it was his mother is weird. Just because well, it, you,
1: it means you were not paying attention because we talked about my mother. Right. But that entity is not my mother.
0: Correct. And I, I knew it landed with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because it said my child, it does. That doesn't mean that is literally her well, child. it's also
1: what, like priests? You know, like like the high priest will say, or the high deity will say. Mm-hmm. Or,
0: exactly. You, like, it landed uh, on you. Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. It's like a nine. There's like a beautiful flip and bloop right in the water, and you're like, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet.
1: It was, it was well played, sir. Hat off to you.
0: Nice. Thank you. I've yeah. Again, utilizing your thing of like letting things percolate, letting them yeah. like spread evenly as they need to, and not jamming it
1: well and it's it's hard to do, especially if you're excited or you've been holding oh, things yeah. in and you have these secrets that you want to reveal, but they won't land unless you let them emerge seemingly organically, even if you're like, "I'm gonna manipulate this so they go left, and then i'm gonna allow this secret to, to be manifest or something. Mm, right. I don't feel like that's railroading, unlike, you know, Schrodinger's Monster. Right. Like we talked about last session or last session. Uh, last episode session thing. Last recording. Talky t- last talkie time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's really hard to do.
0: It is. It's yeah. very hard to do.
1: My, my big thing now is not in session. It's after session. Mm. I can just keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I guess I like oh I did all this stuff Shut up Eric don't nice. talk about it Don't tell him Yeah. Uh,
0: with that what are we talking about a little bit today here
1: We actually have two topics yeah. um, You requested to start with one Just like kind of because we didn't really Get to it last time but mm. it seemed pertinent Which is theater of the mind Versus tactical play And sure. kind of how that affects the game You've had to deal a lot with theater of the mind lately. Yes And the pitfalls Again theater of the mind, I think is a bit romanticized, and so you actually have to be a better GM you, to to really use it effectively like I think that's one of the things that makes Matt Mercer a really good GM is he he knows how to use theater of the mind like to perfection Oh, he really like, does his language and the way he describes things it's really, really good, regardless of whether you like his style or not. Mm-hmm. the dude the dude is masterful and then we we're going to talk about the role of humor in ttrpgs especially as a gm and also the intersection of ttrpgs and improv so that's a lot of stuff but kind of how does humor fit into all this because we both have used humor a lot especially oh, really? when we're introducing characters and stuff so Fuck yeah yeah but theater of the mind versus tactical S- theater
0: oh man thoughts with the for the last i mean since january uh,
1: f- yeah about it was january. like march yeah. it was like march
0: well, we started, our first sessions are recorded in December.
1: Right, but we didn't switch over to Cypher right, right,
0: right, until
1: about March because February was when everything kind of fell apart, and then by March we had transferred over. That's,
0: you're right. right there. Um, and so it's been
1: about four months.
0: Numenera is kind of loose with the way that it talks about doing battle. There's not, like, feet don't matter necessarily it's about distances like an immediate distance a short distance long distance longer distance and how you narrate those and what you can do within those distances mm-hmm. so theater of the mind if that like again this bleeds into a few topics that we've talked about but when there's eight players and i'm controlling six villains and there's eight players theater of the mind becomes insane mm-hmm Um, I love doing it. I love theater of the mind, uh, battle because tactically I'm, I do enjoy it. I shouldn't dog it or anything because I really do enjoy it. And my old perception was, yeah, whenever you get in a tactical battle though, everything just takes too long. And now I've learned from doing theater of the mind for so long now that that's not true. Uh, Going into initiative slows everything down. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter what system you're using. uh, Everything will slow down as soon as you hit initiative, regardless of the style. Uh, The only thing that speeds it up are prepared players. That's the biggest thing that makes it go quicker.
1: Yeah. And also how you do initiative. Mm. That's why you have, like... There's optional rules even in D&D of side initiative where you have one side go. So the, the PCs go and then the monsters go. Mm-hmm. Or all kinds, just to, especially if you think about pen and paper, like everybody physically rolling dice and you having to be like, like in uh, Glass Cannon, like, okay, who got above a 20? Right. All right, who got above 15? It's still even edited down. Yeah. It takes about two, three minutes Which... just to figure out who who's going in what order.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but with Theater of the Mind, I've found a lot of joy in the descriptions of stuff. Um, mm. And But where I was lacking when we first started was kind of the dislike how we were talking about, like making sure people knew, like know what's where and making it firm so people are aware of like, oh, I know that that's over there. That part's a bit harder when you're doing Theater of the Mind. So what my... Fixed to that was to create a battle map situation that's not about anything other than putting a token on the board, so everyone knows that dude's to the left, that dude's a bit of a ways, that one's over there, and give you like a real broad, strokey token movement. So when someone moves, like moves our token closer, it doesn't. They're not like five, ten, fifteen. We're not counting that. We're just moving it and being like, okay, you're here now. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. close to them. Yeah. And it's made the battles a bit easier to digest in those moments because people are like, okay. So it's almost like a blend of tactical meets theater of the mind. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: you'll hear about GMs, even if they're hardcore theater of the mind, they usually have a little paper map that does basically what you're doing, but mm -hmm. you're showing it to the players that looks a little nicer. But keeping track of like more than three things as a GM especially that's it's really really hard you better have a very high mental bandwidth to mm. track everything that's going on
0: that's true but i i with blades theater of the mind for battle with numenera battle i really enjoy the idea of the characters just narrating their attacks and what they're doing and then rolling the die i really really like that it's something that brings me joy yeah um but I will say this before I as I'm handing it over to you, Eric,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is, I do crave knowing now that it doesn't actually speed up the battle because that was one of my initial thoughts of how much I was sure. going to like it. Yeah, and finding out that it doesn't, I honestly crave tactical battle
1: mm-hmm.
0: now. Yeah, uh, yeah I yeah, crave yeah. running it. I crave the <laughs> a lot of that idea. I still do, I, I love my players that really have embraced the, this whole system and are really starting to like jive with it. I really love the stuff that they're starting to do, even combat-wise, idea-wise. But there's still that, there's a part of me now that's like, okay, now that I've gotten a good meal of this, I understand that I do like it. However, I really do love the movement and the rulings and the crunchiness of some stuff. And with that, yeah. tell me your thoughts on the what you've experienced now with that scenario with
1: both. Of them. Uh well I I have the um ability right now where I I run blades on Sundays which is all theater of the mind. It's not tactical at all. And Pathfinder which is very very tactical especially in combat because Like, for instance, when we did uh, Sunless Citadel last year, last fall, that was also tactical outside of combat. So we did what's called the token crawl, where you have your token and you're actually moving it on a map through the dungeon. Mm. And that can really, really help. Some of our players was like, I'd really like to see what's going on, because we started in Theater of the Mind. Sure. And the thing about Theater of the Mind versus tactical... The biggest thing is it takes away agency from the players Mm. because they're completely reliant on the GM being their eyes and ears and five senses and knowing what's going on. And I think also weird things you don't think about, like the fact that your vocabulary might be really good, but you might say a bunch of words that the PC the players don't understand. Right. Like they've never heard corridor before or something. Um, And so there's a lot of awkwardness that can come in to play no pun intended especially if your players aren't listening Mm. which the more players there are the more likely that things are going to be scattered and just more margin of error more moving parts so i like *Theater of the mind for the uh immersion of like this the narrative play so if you're doing a really narrative driven game like blades in the dark the theater of the mind works really well if everybody's kind of in it to win it. Like you're all there. Like one of my favorite encounters recently was when you went to go assassinate the union leader and there's only two players in the game. So they both had multiple characters, but one of Ian's character was a sniper, like on a roof across this canal. And then there's two other characters kind of in the mob. And then this swarm of rats like bursts out of the window and like I, it felt like everybody kind of could tell what was going on, and, okay. and they were immersed, and like it was, it was fun. It was good. Um, and then there's other times where, like you know, our last gate, gatewalkers session on Mondays, like it would have been really hard to do this big battle that took. A, it was like half the session. Mm-hmm. It was a, like a three phase battle. That's not really what the players knew, but at the end of the day. You kind of like encountered some monsters and then an obstacle and then kind of the big fight. Mm -hmm. Be really hard to do something like that in Theater of the Mind. Oh, yeah. You
0: know, very. and there
1: are people who run Pathfinder in Theater of the Mind, just like people do D&D in Theater of the Mind. So you can do it. But you better have a a table that can really adjust to that, because especially Pathfinder... And, you know, any FRPG, so any fantasy role-playing game, you know, your spells go a certain distance. Right. So do you know how far away the character is from your monster specifically? How are you tracking that? Are you tracking it on your own? Well, maybe it would just be better to share that with everybody and do loose tactical. Right. Because there is stuff in the middle. These are kind of the two extremes. And I feel like they're both useful. A lot of times outside of combat, we're doing Theater of the Mind. Mm -hmm. And I might have, like, handouts are great like Ian does this too where here's what this character looks like Mm -hmm. or here's an impression of what they look like or here's a picture you know on the table for the vibe of where you're at so Mm -hmm. like maybe if you're going into a clearing you give them a cool evocative picture of like a forest clearing or something yeah so you have aids to kind of lend theater of the mind and then drop down into tactical when it's needed because they're just tools the thing about tactical play that people, I think, why they poo-poo it is it can kind of kill the momentum. But really, tactical play is like a game within a game. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for Pathfinder, it's another little game nested within the larger game that some some of our players live for that game within the game. That is their favorite part. Uh, min-maxers, that's typically what they live for, is like the combat where they can see if their hard work paid off right um so i like them both i feel like most of the time with the way everybody is and where everybody's head is at tactical play is more supportive of me as a gm where like if a player is getting something wrong or they're confused i can literally just point it out on the map like you're here the monster's there. It's not behind you. It's in front of you. And they're like, "Oh, okay, I see." Right. Because I can't tell you how many times I get interrupted. Like, I'm describing to one player, and they're like, "Wait, where am I? Wait, who are they looking at? Like, weren't you listening?" Because so players, in my experience, don't—they're not really paying attention to what you're saying most of the time, unless it it really catches their attention or it pertains directly to them. Sure. Cause it's, you you have to put an effort. So tactical play I found is more supportive of me not having to hold as much in my brain, which I appreciate. Yeah. And it's better for bigger groups for, because of that. I Mm -hmm. think so that I like them both. They're good tools. I use them both and I think they both have their place and really framing it as how much agency do you need your players to have? I think is a better way. Mm. Like, do, do you want them to really be able to explore the environment give them a map that that they will that give them something visual to interact with if it's just words they may not know what to do mm-hmm. like you enter a forest what do you do okay like what else do I see in the forest like what trees. kind of trees are there is there a path is what time of day is it so just saying you enter a forest leaves all this stuff unsaid and that is Again, where the agency thing comes in. Sure. So that's that's my opinion on it. I like it.
0: I I see the val- I lo- like we just said I love both of them so much. Yeah. But I've yeah. when the players are in, and we're doing theater of the mind, it's fucking great. It feels like you're watching like a little scene of a battle.
1: You but got a movie going in your head. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool. But it takes time. So it's it a, does. It's a
1: thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of the one of the highlights of uh sunless citadel was one of our new players who was just kind of was like yeah i'll try it he we found this like evil statue in just a side room and he just decided to like basically destroy the statue and like do an exorcism and it was all theater of the mind with a few roles but it wasn't really even within the rules we just kind of hand waved it and went through it and mm-hmm. it was super fucking cool Everybody was in it. You could visualize what was going on. Like I was able to manipulate the lighting on the map to add to the ambiance. Yes. So you're kinda of get you get a mix of both when everybody's in there, but that's not gonna be all the time. Yeah. It's, it's very rare that everybody's locked in and like, yes.
0: Right. With the with Friday I feel like we get at least three people that lock in consistently with stuff. Yeah. Every at least sure. three Three sessions out of four. Yeah. Uh, we get a good chunk of people locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, I feel, is the same kind of thing. I think that we get a few players locked in each time.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, there's two that are locked in. There's two that are just there to have fun. And then there's two that are unlocked.
0: That are free. They're
1: unlocked out, just floating in space. Just free.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I
1: think I think they're both useful. I mean, interested to hear listeners' thoughts. Mm. Is there is there another type of play that you use that we're not talking about? Because there could be another mode. I really like. I mean, the thing is, I just love Pathfinder. I really feel like I found my game. Not that I won't play other things, but that is home and that is a tactical game oh yeah so i think all in all i like tactical play more but i love blades and there's some amazing stuff that comes out of theater of the mind and being more washy but understanding that's what theater of the mind is it's not more freeing it's actually more constricting yes it's the opposite of what it seems like on the face of it that's that's the attitude to have going into it i think it's true so yeah uh yeah but with, on to the next yeah into the next thing on to the next humor and ttrpgs specifically i th- i would say as a gm or let's say introducing new characters like so if you have a pc that you're playing that's f- you know fresh as a daisy bright-eyed and bushy-tailed all right how does humor help ease a lot of the awkwardness i feel like You and I are not, we don't really feel awkward about playing new games anymore. We play too much where we're like, yeah, I got it. But it definitely used to be really awkward.
0: Yes. And uh, I still feel, a little sample of Ian, Uh, over the last, I'd say, two weeks, as I interact with people outside of our games and stuff like that, I've now seen from this weird perspective my awkwardness in social situations like mm-hmm. what i am doing and how i do things and a lot of it has to do with uh i've never really talked about this but eric knows that out of nowhere i'll be like all right later and then I'm, uh, just, I'm just gone see ya, bye. and uh <laughs> that comes from the fact that i feel like i've i've gone into rambling i'm not Every and I start to analyze everything. I need I've to stop
1: myself now. Bye. Right,
0: and that ha- I see myself now doing that right. everywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, that's funny. But using humor as a like, let's let's talk about everyone's favorite character that Ian has played in the past little while, and that's number three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how much I hated playing him. Uh, I had a great. But well, you time.
1: really liked it for about a session and a half. Right. And you're like, fuck this. Yep. What have I done?
0: What? Because <laughs> I started using a voice. And everyone thought it was great. And I was like, yeah, fun. And then the minute I was like, all right, I'm going to low-key not do the voice as much. And Eric's like, hey, where's the voice?
1: Well, that voice was like part of its identity. It's like if I stopped doing Sunspot, the NPC, I was like, hey, guys, what's happening? Everyone would be like, what are you doing? And I, I...
0: The humor, I don't know, that's like bringing a character, I the to ease tension is because, for me, I want all the time I want the group to gel, right? Mm-hmm. So, using humor, excuse me. For me, I mean that's that's even like super like Ian as well, you know. Trying to get people to laugh or smile mm-hmm. is a way that I will break tension. and get people to know that it's like hey it's cool hey
1: it's cool right
0: so i think that 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 carries over into how i gm or play is i utilizing humor and sometimes it's dry sometimes it's just i'm not even trying to be funny and people think it's funny
1: right well, you have a tone of voice that is humorous a lot of times like if you you put a little bit of attitude on your words. Right. People are going to find that funny.
0: It's a just For playing sure. a guy, just playing a dude. Yeah, playing a dude, man. Just playing a dude, dude. A dude, bro. Um, but using number 3, I I wanted him to bring a smile to people's faces. He was supposed to be like uh Kind of a happy go lucky ratchet and clank, like clank kind of guy Mm -hmm. with a weird voice. And he was just an explorer. And he was just this little robot guy. And he just got fucked with everywhere he went. (laughs) So got his
1: arm taken from him. He
0: was, he got (laughs) cursed. Now, everything he did was obviously like my choices that involved not thinking about things and just doing shit. Right. But I, to me, it was bringing the humor of that as well. Sure. Uh, even though people are
1: like, what are you doing? Don't do it again. There he goes. Stop it him. Quit opening doors, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing was the irony of like you'd been created to be like the perfect explorer, but then you're just like. The worst, the worst explorer. explorer
0: ever. He just opens doors, just walks crashing
1: through, through, opening doors like. Yeah, I think was... you escaped from the workshop early. Yeah, probably it was a Pinocchio story.
0: I think that if uh, we would have had to play longer, he would have. He started turning t- kind of into a little dick at the end, just because he hated some of those people he was with. He liked when well, we
1: discovered of them. like he had anger issues. That was the funny part. Like, <laughs> like. It was part of his, even though it was kind of Ian being frustrated, too, as part of, like, his character development. So it worked yeah. really well. So, um, What about you yeah, I think, humor? I think that's good. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, what do you think about the um, passing off?
1: Uh, I mean, using humor to, like, get people's defenses down is an old, like, Hollywood trick. Probably mm. goes way back beyond that, but writers have been using that for a long time. So there's a veritable tradition that goes back hundreds of years, uh, you could say, mm. um, or at least decades. But I would assume, I mean, if you think about like the, actually I have it as my little icon for my notes on this, just to, for the topic and stuff. You think about drama and what do you have? You have the two masks, right? One is like the laughing mask and one is the sad. So you have like comedy and drama. Those mm. are kind of the two that's your binary old school way of thinking about like stories. Sure. Or comedy and tragedy. Something right. Like that. Uh, I call it, given it the anime treatment mm. where you can make a character that's not really well thought out, uh, doesn't have a lot of depth. Maybe your character zigged instead of zagged and they're going to talk to like the stable boy for some reason. You're like, OK, well, I have my list of names okay, who described this stable boy to me? And if you're just like, oh, you know, he's like a normal kid and he's there and he's brushing the horse, not really memorable. But if you're like, yeah, he kind of has a slouch. He's got a big aquiline hooked nose and he talks like this. Your PCs are gonna laugh at that most likely or they're gonna be annoyed. They're gonna have a reaction and it's gonna stick in their minds. They're gonna immediately see something even if it's not what you're seeing. Mm. And then if they keep encountering with that character, if they like it, you can build more depth. Uh, the penultimate or the uh, the ultimate rather, not penultimate, not secondary, primary. But the best example is like Trigun. Oh. Or like if you think about Vash the Stampede, if you haven't seen it, Vash the Stampede is like this outlaw. And he's known for like everywhere he goes, just destroying towns. And it's kind of space Western-y um, And at first, basically, you find out he's just, like, the most happy-go-lucky idiot who just loves eating. And it's hilarious. And then as you find out more about his backstory, you're, like, bawling by the end. Because it's so deep and so well-written and so cool. But it doesn't really start that way. It just starts out as this silly thing. And a lot of anime, that's a trope. Where, like, it's very silly and the main characters are humorous and they might like eating a lot or they have some extreme characteristic mm. so I try to do that with my characters as well where especially if it's improvisation where I'm like they have this maybe it's like maybe it's the dwarf who's super mean and always flexes in front of the mirror or something so right. like every time like you you need like a sword by tomorrow and he keeps getting distracted because he's like what What were you saying things like that just right. really extreme because you can it doesn't break the suspension of disbelief in ttrpgs to do that right you can be very very silly and the players love that i love it as a player too like really silly characters that you can kind of develop as you go along like that's part of the fun is like discovering who this character is yeah more than just a silly mannerism and voice you know absolutely my, my, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 keep going. What's so. up? I
1: was just saying my personal favorite NPC right now is Sunspot, who is a leshy asshole, basically. Ian, <laughs> Ian's character hates him. I don't know if Ian hates him, but he talks like this, man. And he's always bad mouthing Ian's character. Always. Uh, but basically, just started out as like a silly concept. I think we talked about it where like, you went next door to like the cabaret place. There's this little restaurant more like, you know, candlelit dinners. Each table has a flower on it, and I was like, What if it's a leshy instead of a flower? And it just evolved from there. But I actually have a whole story for what Sunspot is doing and how it incorp how they incorporate into the campaign that you're on, the adventure path. And and uh yeah. So it, you can really, like, you can build, it, you know, I I used to say it's building a character from the outside in. It seems kind of superficial, but you can really start superficial and just funny and jokey and move into something uh, more meaningful or with more depth that actually really matters to the campaign. Mm. And sometimes you'll make a jokey character that your players just absolutely love, and you have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't really even do anything like... The big one for me is always Brick the Minotaur. Right, Dude, my PC especially beloved. Tim loved, and all he did was smash through a door and just kick ass.
0: Right, and he just well, rough, his, his whole
1: monosyllabic. Like, yeah, his whole thing was a Brick, and like he was like I'm Brick, and then like fuck you. Like right. if he doesn't like someone, just very just typical, like bruiser. Um, so. You know, you, you never know, but using comedy and, it, like, extreme voices and stuff really, A, if you're anxious, great way to break the tension. Like, if you're like, I don't know what to do, just going, going really hard on the paint, it's a great way to get, get over that. And also, it can mask the fact that you're just kind of making up as you go along, even though the players might know, like, oh... He didn't plan for the stable boy. What's the stable boy's name, GM? Yeah,
0: that's that's a thing that we all like do to we each other. We all do that to each other. Yeah. It's like, what's their name then? And it's like, fucking, it's this. Yeah. But well, what's their parents' name? Listen, yeah. stop it.
1: That's why you always have a list of names. Honestly, I wish every TTRPG had that Blades in the Ge- Blades in the Dark name generator where it mm. has two buttons. Like, it has the red and black background, and it right. says male name, female name. And you just click on it, it gives you a name. Like, I love having that. That is such a good tool. But, yeah, having a having a list of names or a name generator on hand open at all times when you're running, uh, 100% should everyone should have that. Right. Always have that.
0: And here's a thought as well for anyone that's still here with us listening about this. And you're, if you're worried because you're like, oh, I don't think I'm that funny. Then just take, rip off a character that you've seen that you think is funny, right? Like, Mister Hanky is who I got number three's voice from, right? Like, it's just a Mister Hanky voice, but I would try to like bring the voice down to where my voice would break because it's in that right. weird space,
1: right? That the kind of middle where your voice shifts, yeah.
0: yeah. And that it was literally me just being like, just make his voice like Mister Hanky. But don't, like, give him the, like, rising pitch. Just hit that. And it worked. It landed with people. You know, just think of something that you think is funny already and rip it off.
1: Who cares? there's There's other things. Like, one of my proudest moments as a GM is there is a character who's kind of like the crew's patron in Blades in the Dark. And I wanted my players to absolutely hate this character. I Not really a voice, but he had, you know, he always has these clove cigarettes. He smokes like a couple hits, and then I fucking the hate cigarette. that
0: guy, dude.
1: Yeah, like, I, like that's one of my proudest moments because it was just a few subtle things. Doesn't have to be a voice, and you're like, can I get my players to hate this character? Can I get them to love this character? Like, what can I do? Just you don't have to do that much. Like three things, and that will feel like a fleshed out character for what you need them to be because. Unless they really, really love the character and they want the character to come on adventures, which I don't think I've ever had players be like, Come on adventures with us. Usually they're like, Don't, you'll die. Right. Don't come with us. They're gonna they're gonna have a little cameo roll like for ten minutes maybe, maybe half an hour, and then you won't have to use them again for a while. Right. Not all the time, but most time. So really like three little attributes, you're good to go. If you're insane like me, you can make a whole stat card with like Dispositions and all kinds of details that, you know, you can uh do the Weta workshop treatment where there's all this detail that players will never see if if you get off on that stuff.
0: What is that guy's fucking name though? Who? Brom?
1: Brom, yeah. Fuck that guy, dude. Yeah. Part of the iron gavel, baby. God,
0: dude. The thing that made me so angry about him is how he just walked in to our fortress. Yeah. Just, he just walked right in and is he's like He's the
1: one that he's the one that set you up, but he he feels he asserts his dominance by oh, just walking I in. Yeah. Fucking
0: hate that guy. It's great. So much. For the moment he showed up, I was like, I don't, I don't like this guy. And he's like, I have a file, and I, that that made me even more angry. <laughs> these fucking files you you do. I don't even know why like <laughs> I care, but it's the concept of being a criminal, and people are like making files and shit. I'm like, oh, that
1: it totally makes sense. I think that's part of that character is like thing too is like hey I said no paper trail oh, and yeah. now I find out there's multiple paper trails
0: multiple like, <laughs> and Chime's like what the fuck dude
1: but yeah that's there you, you, there you go listeners that is the reaction like you're looking for a strong reaction Yeah, that's so
0: the it definitely does utilizing even simple things like that you can make a very big impression with a simple thing in these
1: yeah Uh, And to interject, you can also think about, you know, the cliche in writing, right? What, you know, like think about somebody just welcoming themselves into your room all the time, even if it's your mom or dad, like they never knock. They just come in smoking a cigarette or something. How much would you absolutely hate that? I would detest that. Yeah. I would absolutely feel murderous rage at that. So you can take little things like what annoys you, put that in your NPC. What makes you laugh, like Ian said? Put that in your NPC. Yep. If it doesn't land, I say lean into it harder. Make make your PCs annoyed. Right. Like, don't don't back off just because you didn't get the reaction you wanted. But it's not as hard as you think, especially once you get to know your players a little bit. And this will help you get to know them too. So like, mm. oh, that didn't land. Okay, my players don't think that's funny. Good to know. Let's <laughs> write that know. down. Kind of like Eddie Izzard. Never do that joke again. Right. <laughs> I love it easy, so um, but yeah, I feel like it's a it's almost an essential tool that I don't think we've ever talked about, like right. we don't really it's just something I think you and I naturally maybe from like our art school days or something, naturally kind of threw in there mm. as Because I do this I did the same thing acting on stage, oh, I could for build sure. out characters by you know like the Pirate King, Pirates of Penzance being very silly and bombastic and loud big movements. People absolutely love that character, but the Pirate King is like the most two dimensional character ever. He wants to do ladies and get treasure and be loved. That's that's it. Yeah.
0: We've, we've done a lot of acting uh, things together. So I think that plays into it, but to touch real quickly again, going back just briefly, Mm -hmm. if you want to have your campaign be, have weight emotionally to the players. Like you want to be able to grab sadness or anger or anything like that. You need comedy in there yeah, to balance that out. Cause if it's all sadness and all this, people are just going to end up being like, well, we're going to go here. It's going to fuck us. We're just going to go here. Fuck us. Like, there's no uh, intrigue. It just is all bad.
1: The volumes turned all the way up all the time. Right. There's no ebb and flow. You're not you're not giving them a break. And I would add on lead with humor. Mm. Start with humor because lower your players' defenses, get them attached to something in the world experientially. Like, oh, we really love this character. Yeah, we're great. Where's Where's Sally the dwarf? She's dead. What? what do you mean she's dead. She's hung up in the backyard. Why that- hasn't anybody gotten her down? <laughs>
0: That's I did literally th- that thing. That idea is what I did to you guys on Friday's campaign with the uh, festival. Because you guys had all of this time to have a good time at the festival and had this mm-hmm. rocking shit. And then right when it was like the final day of celebration, I smashed it. Right. Also, it's a huge trope to fucking attack during the festival. Come on.
1: Yeah. You're at the fair... It's either meet in a tavern or get attacked (laughs) by usually goblins.
0: Yeah. This was not that. This was much more extreme. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, it's, it is so valuable to get your players smiling and having fun and laughing if you want to crush them.
1: Yeah. And think, think about your favorite characters from whatever TV shows you love. Like I bet, even if the character is terrible, Either they were really well-written and insightful, that does happen on occasion, or they did something to make you laugh, like Tyrion Lannister, the dwarf, or the imp. Hilarious. Oh, like yeah. He's just kind of a silly character, and then you get to see the pain underneath, and you get to see all the shit he's gone through and how smart he is and how he's had to rely on those wits to survive in this world that really doesn't want him around. But mm-hmm. it really starts from kind of this silly, ugly, especially in the books, Character, yeah, uh, and then it goes out from there, and he—I love that character. Yeah, so do I. Awesome. So you can really, you can really build from the inside out, just like meeting a person. You you get one layer, and you peel back layers more and more. Yeah, nice. and usually people who overshare, where it's just like, all this stuff happened to me, and I've never met you before, but here's my life story. You're like, uh ah, yeah, too much, bro. <laughs> no. Settle down. <laughs> at least buy me dinner first. God.
0: That was uh, when we first started the Friday game that I'm running right now. And I was like, tell us a little bit about your character. Some people, Here's my life story. Yeah, some people like just gave their whole backstory. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Okay. I mean, cool. I just want to know what your
1: character looked like. Right. I
0: just want to know what you looked like and your name <laughs> and what you're doing right now. Right. But, I mean, you want to tell them. None of them are going to remember any of
1: that. Right. Well, no, there was a character reveal this last time. She actually got kind of emotional, too. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think she minds, so we'll say it was Lindsay's character. Hello, oh, right. Lindsay. Um She wasn't there like a few sessions, so she... Uh, she was supposed to do this before, but she revealed like her backstory and it was much more engaging because it had to do with what was going on. Mm-hmm. Even though she's like, Hey, let me tell you. It wasn't just like out of nowhere. We're like, Oh, we got to go storm this castle. Hey guys, let me tell you my whole backstory. Right. Like, why? Why nothing talking?
0: to do with anything? What right is now. this story? What are you talking about?
1: So I thought that was a good move. Good oh, job. Nice. Lindsay.
0: Yeah, that was, uh... good job,
1: Lindsay and Ian. Well,
0: that was she like me and her work like she most of that story that she exposed mm-hmm. uh was a big chunk of what she had created with yeah. a few sprinklings of where i have been shifting it
1: yeah yeah um, for sure but, but it was yeah. good timing you could tell that there was it was like cooperative like right. you and her working together so that worked well that was a way to be like oh oh crazy because right. I knew this is her character, just full disclosure, is a character that she, she originally built in the one D&D campaign that I haven't finished, mm. which was after um, the, uh, what do we even call it? It was the first campaign that I ran right. about the hag, um, which was super crazy and an adventure on many levels. But then we did a second one where you guys went to that city called Palindrome, Mm -hmm. and some of the players made new characters, and and it was really cool. I'd like to revisit that at some point. Sure. But she took that character and then reworked it, kind of uh, reincarnated it for this game. Mm -hmm. So I knew some of the the bit of background, like her whole tribe being wiped out and stuff, but not the details.
0: The other fun thing, little, not spoiler, but fun little, like, nod for you real quick is in that game, she was a barbarian Path of the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And when she remade it, we didn't have Path of the Valkyrie kind of available for her as a and d option. Yeah. So she did a different thing, but her new, like, uh, kind of rage stuff that she has now... Is literally called Rage of the Valkyrie. So nice. she's gone, she's gotten to come back that to that. Yeah. In the the whole concept of this. And I was like, it was a weird moment too, because I couldn't figure out what to call her rage as right. I was like trying to name it. And then it dawned on me.
1: Oh right. Battle maiden. So um,
0: it was a cool little moment. And I'm glad that the nice. players like because I I hadn't eaten, I hadn't done anything. So as she told the story. I went downstairs and grabbed food, so I didn't get mm-hmm. to hear it. But I already know it. Uh, yeah. So that's has got a
1: little emotional.
0: That's awesome to hear that it like landed yeah. like that, and like yeah. everyone was engaged with hearing her mm-hmm. story. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Fun fact too, because Path of the Valkyrie is like you can find it on D and D Wiki for free. Uh, it is not an official thing; it's homebrew, uh, technically. But that is also. Uh, Our player, Tim, who plays the Turtle Barbarian, or now Turtle Folk Barbarian, uh, he was also a Path of the Valkyrie.
0: Oh, right. So that's
1: what he played, that's how he could summon Sleipnir, okay. as he leveled up, and, like, he was a bit OP, but I don't feel like that was a hindrance for Shadow Veo Seasons 1 through 3. For sure. So, uh. So, yeah, that the Path of Valkyrie is a very cool... If you're playing D&D, that's a really cool subclass for Barbarian. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. So Yeah. yeah I, think that's, that's, I think that's good. That's good, yeah. We're, yeah. That's good. I think we, we got it out. We vomited it. the words.
0: It was uh, pleasant.
1: Now we can eat more words and then go. vomit them again next week.
0: Well, honestly, I'm honestly just going to go and fucking unwind for like the next 12 fucking hours. Nice. I, feel. I got a whole
1: bunch of shit to do.
0: I feel like, uh, you know, I worked 40 hours, planned the thing, ran the thing, did all this just stuff. So I'm like, okay, yeah, take a breath now.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's good. You enjoy for it. Care Um, for it. Take it. Take it. In case you ever fly someday.
0: And take all of your shit, get it all together, put it in a backpack, put it in somewhere. I don't care. Just get your shit together.
1: I always quote that but nobody ever knows what that's from oh i know a
0: million thousand percent what that's from what's it from rick and morty nope what get your shit together
1: no not that uh like in case you ever fly someday take it care for it oh i don't know what that is that's brian regan when he's Uh like i hate it when i'm like somebody's like hey you have a good day and you're like you too but they're like enjoy your meal you too or like how you say start saying one thing and then switch what you're gonna say in the middle. So you're like, take lock, <laughs> take it, care for it.
0: Take care. Nice. That was take probably care. Take care. Care
1: for it. And then he ha- he has some interaction in an airport, which is the in case you ever fly someday. Enjoy your flight. Yo too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: I love Brian Regan. It's hilarious. But uh yeah, so. Uh, comedy. See. We didn't really get into improv. We'll talk about it some other time. But and also theater of the mind, tactical play. These are all tools in the toolbox. And I feel like that is a terrible term, but we don't have a better one for what what these are. But they're they're things to make the game flow. Mm-hmm. So you might play a game where tactical is the name of the game. Maybe you're playing like a Final Fantasy tactics type tabletop rpg and it's all you're either cut or you're battling mm. if your players love it awesome uh but you know what do you think about these tools how have you used them regardless of whether y- you use them as a player or a uh gm because you know don't don't get us wrong players pretty much only use theater of the mind when they're describing something
0: right
1: unless the gm's like hey will you make a handout you'd have to like I think a GM would love if the players made some handouts and stuff. That hardly ever happens. But sure. so like describing your character, unless you have a portrait. It's a little easier to do nowadays with AI stuff, but you're probably doing a lot of theater of the mind description as well. Mm-hmm. So what has your experience been? How have you used comedy to kind of ease the tension? Um when has your comedy failed, those kind of things. So tell us in the Dischord. Dischord. Dischordia. Uh, and uh, while you're doing it, make sure you feel really nervous about it so you can start sweating a lot. Oof. And then as you talk about it, you can stay sweaty. You fucking piece of the shit. You fucking piece of shit. Goddamn. Son of a bitch, show it to me. Sit in your tower. <laughs> so much it. was in there.